Hi, this is Jeff Coburn. We welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Disney's official fan convention, D23 Expo, just concluded at the Anaheim Convention Center. It's where thousands and thousands of fans gather, and we are bringing you down through to the expo floor to see it all. In this vlogcast, we'll showcase exhibits Disney has put together from the Disney Archives 100th anniversary to the Mickey One, Walt Disney's own personal plane. We'll look at the vendors and showcases put together from Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Avengers, and more. If you have always wondered what this experience is like, whether you would want to attend, with thousands of others, many in the most amazing cosplay, or if you're just wanting to look back on all the fun you had last weekend at this event, then this vlogcast is for you. Join us on the floor at the D23 Expo. Know that this is a vlogcast, by the way, um, but it's also a podcast, and it's not only a podcast, but it's also a YouTube video. So you make sure you check out both, because uh, it'll give you uh, a sense of the whole total experience. And by the way, to let you know, in a few days, we'll have a detailed insight and analysis of all of the Disney announcements made, the Disney Park announcements made, as well as the showcase that was done by Imagineering on the expo floor. A lot of things were shared, but what is actually going to happen? And what are the details behind those announcements? Would you join us this week, the end of this week, because we will have a major cross-examination of all of those announcements. Now, without further ado, let's head on out to the 2022 D23 Expo and come check it out. Well, we are here at D23 Expo. Uh, this is a crazy event with thousands of people showing up, particularly at the launch of the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. So a big part of these expos is the imaginative creations that guests have um, as they bring a cosplay to the Disney realm every imaginable character seems to show up and, and a lot of them are a hodgepodge of more than one character. It's just so many very clever costumes and, and from characters you just don't... I mean, when's the last time you thought about dressing up as Madame Medusa from The Rescuers? It's just, it's that crazy. You see many of them, um, they, they team up, um, Shang-Chi, um, I saw several of them getting together for a photo. Uh, some of these costumes, like the genie you see in the in the video, they're kind of better than the actual costumes you see that Disney puts together. It's it's a it's a fun part of the convention. It's not me, but I gotta tell you, I I am so impressed by the time and effort people do put into these to these costumes. From here, we go on into the show floor, and uh, and. The, probably the first thing you want to check out after you've waited so long in line is the D23 lounge because your feet are going to hurt by the end of this experience. There were thousands. I managed, having done this many times, by the way, this is the marketplace we're coming by right now. We'll come back to that 
to that uh, place in a few minutes. And um, but what uh, having attended several of these expos before, I determined I was not going to get out there early and just simply stand around and wait. Fortunately, my lift ride dropped me off in a particular corner that allowed me to get through security with only like 12 people in front of me and to the front door with only 20 people in front of me when thousands of people, literally thousands of people were behind us. It was just um, a lucky case. By the way, we're passing by the Amazon. You know, Disney is thinking about doing something similar to Disney Amazon Prime, but in this case, Amazon is actually represented here at the Expo, and in fact, it was one of the most popular booths because people lined up to go um, to one of these spinning wheels where they would win a prize, and they had some really fun, nice prizes um, that uh, largely, some Funko, but largely celebrated Disney princesses, and uh, didn't get a chance to really explore that exhibit, but it looked very engaging. What we're here is, we're at the entrance of Walt's plane, Mickey One, and, uh, and they, they anticipate a lot of people um, coming to see this particular thing, and it is definitely worth it. Let's go in and check it out. You'll well, see here that here, the same plane that would in a sit in the back of the, of the studio lot at Disney's Hollywood Studios has been lovingly recreated and you, beautifully lit. Beautiful. I mean, I mean before it was just kind of sitting, fading in the sun in, in the, the back lot. Here, um, it so just sits beautifully it, uh, and and uh, has been positioned uh, nicely, really, been refurbished uh, as the exterior has been refurbished, be really not the interior. So and it's long. not intended that the plane's you, ever nice going to go back into the business exterior. of flying. But and, uh, it is probably it, one of Disney's biggest nice props in its archives now. And with that, they have a series of how, uh, exhibits kind of showcasing the what the interior of the plane looked like, what the seats looked like. It seems kind of pretty small to be. The um, there's a video and, uh, showcasing uh, a Kurt Russell movie uh, from the 70s. Um, lots and, of little little details from the plane and uh, from the experience of flying. It, it's really uh, uh, a great uh, exhibit, and, the way uh, they've put together lots of photos. Of course, it played a major role in the New York World's Fair. And so really um, nice, uh, people uh, have taken photos of, of themselves in front of the plane and so forth really over the years. Cool, and it's, it's just uh, a really well done exhibit. It, it and people are lined up so to get their photo formally taken Disney's in front of um, Mickey Wants. It, um, it probably and was one of the highlights the of the really D23 Expo this year. I didn't think so much of it until cool I saw it. And man, experience. it was really well put together. Now we're going to head back out to the exhibit floor and there is so much going on there and we want to check out everything that's happening along that the floor. I love Disney Editions. They have got a number of books for sale. Uh, my fault, Mekopa, they had Dick Nunes's new book out. I saw it on the first day. I thought I'll come back and get it so I don't have to carry it around bad move on my part. That book sold out. It's still going to be available in a week or two on um, on Amazon, but um, they had a lot of first-to-market books, some uh, especially autograph books. 
many of which are already in my library. You, Disney Editions really has a great portfolio of books that they have they have been creating over the years. And uh, anyway, um, that was one of the fun exhibits. I also spent a lot of money on vinyl over at um, the music um, location. Uh, purchased a Adventure Through Inner Space album and an Encanto album that was in the shape of the Encanto house. So cute, giving that to my granddaughter. And um, it was a lot of fun. We'll head further down, um, down the, and you'll see as you go through this, and by the way, of all of the expos, this one really has filled the entire arena space at the Anaheim Convention Center. There was so much to see and do. There were not empty spaces. There weren't dead corners for the most part. It was really something happening in every corner. Along this boulevard, you'll see that a lot of uh, stores, shops um, that, that specializes in Disney collectibles and other kinds of merchandise are gathered along here and they're selling their um, their retail throughout this experience and uh, a lot to see here and then what we're going to see shortly is as we turn the corner that same marketplace that I talked about earlier well you can actually get a virtual ticket by the way there's um, some Zootopia figures lots of places to take photos while you are at the convention which makes that a lot of fun the, um, you see this empty space here, with it's all got lines in the carpet for people to line up. This is the line, but this is not the standby line. This is the queue, the virtual return queue. And you could be waiting for 30, 45 minutes with a virtual queue to um, reservation to return to actually make the purchase. I looked through the windows of this store and I just didn't see anything that really begged me, even though I did have virtual uh, pass for it. It just wasn't worth it. My feet were, I'm telling you, you wear comfortable shoes because you are going to wear out your feet at this expo. And then if you decide to go to the Disney parks in between, you're, you're in a lot of trouble as you go through this because you are going to be doing a lot of walking through the day. My watch gave out on how many steps I took well by mid-afternoon. Here is one of my favorite exhibits, especially because it celebrates the 100 years of Disney. It's from Disney Visa. It's four sides. The first shows a um, model of the original Disney Brothers Studios. You turn the corner, you see this beautiful quotation, I believe in being an innovator by Walt Disney. And then you turn the next corner and you see early milestones as a is Walt Disney not the big company we know of, but as this small business just getting off the ground beginning in 1923 when it all started. And um, you see a little um, uh, showcases the office and, and how many desks there were and how it laid out. It talks about um, Margaret Winkler and the contract that she gave Disney to actually build out uh, the Alice in Wonderland series and and uh, how they kind of went through various stages of the development of that uh, adding more and more quality to the films and adding more films to begin with and 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 how they added more staff which included of course 
Lillian, who became Walt's wife. This is that happened early on, um, and then um, you know, building out uh, the business uh, little by little, and and seeing it grow and develop, ultimately to the point where, well, eventually we get to the place where where Walt uh, brings in Mickey Mouse and, and uh, preceded by the Mortimer films. And uh, it, it just kind of shows those very first years when they were in front of that little studio before they went over to the Hyperion Studios. And um, in fact, that's the last um, part of this little milestone thing is big dreams, bigger spaces, they moved to Hyperion. So, and then as you round the corner, they give you another example of how uh, Visa is working with small businesses to um, help them get their start and um, and be successful. And so you, um, it, it's just a really well put together exhibit, and um, lots of little fun things to see as you see a particular letter that was written by Walt during that time on an old keyboard. The um, story that they showcase on the fourth panel has to do with um, what is, what's referred to as Micah Johnson, the world of Aku, and his progression in creating a uh, kind of a character. And it, it's almost a parallel to Walt Disney, but in a, in a realm of, you know, that started in 1994, I think it was, and has gone to today. It's part of their creator program at Visa to give new uh, businesses, small businesses, a start as they begin. Um, Micah Johnson was actually a former baseball player, and uh, they show him <laughs> in 94 as a little kid playing, and then he becomes a professional player, but then he actually builds his own little business. And uh, it's just a great little parallel and a, and a great way to celebrate Disney's 100th anniversary. Uh, is to kind of show how a small business like Disney 100 years ago can be begun today as a small little business that may be in 100 years as big as Disney. So who can tell what may happen, but, but his garage business is, is, is still emerging as he begins his career. Now I want to take you over to the 100th anniversary exhibit done by the Disney Archives. There's um, this is a big exhibit, although there's a lot of space to the exhibit. The way they designed it is they, they did it by decade. And the first part of the decade is the advent of Mickey Mouse. That's what they celebrate in the 1920s. And they have in each of these spaces a lot of um, places to get your photo. Lots of photo ops throughout this, but they also have little pieces of uh, memorabilia and merchandise that was part of that particular decade as you go through it. As you emerge from the 20s to the 30s, you go into the era of Snow White and its premiere at the Carthay Circle Theater. And what they have are these large cutouts that I believe were used um, as part of the presentation at the Carthay Circle Theater. Also the dress of, the, of Snow White that was used for that premiere. And then you fast forward to um, the 
1950s and you get into the era in which Disneyland opened and they've got the first ticket and the first name tag that Walt Disney had. Um, they were numbered back then. He had Disney one. Then you go to Mary Poppins, which is part of the 60s. They showcase Mary Poppins and Jolly Holiday dress and some of the carousel horses. You emerge to the 1970s, which should have focused on Walt Disney World's opening. It focused on the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World during that time. Showcases the original um, ghost bride in the attic. It, um, that was different. Then we go into 80s with Flynn's and the whole Tron thing. They've got some cool helmets and other merchandise. 90s, um, we come from Flynn's to the 90s and they did a showcase of Dick Tracy. And they've got Madonna's Club Ritz dress on there as well as um, Dick Tracy's yellow jacket. It's all part of it. And then we go into the 2000s and the advent of the Disney Channel. People get their photo behind the logo with the wand. And then finally, the last um, 2010s celebrate the uh, Star Wars and other uh, organizations that were brought into the Disney family during that time. Again, a little bit too much fan. Because of those photo ops, it was hard to get through that exhibit. Took a long time to. It is just a little frustrating to wait for an exhibit that um, really the lines were about the photos, not about what you were saying. Now we're here at the storytelling exhibit for Disney, which encompasses Hulu and ABC and uh, uh, Freeform and a lot Fox and a lot of the the film and television area outside of Disney, Pixar, and, and Lucasfilm, and, and um, Marvel. And uh, when you enter this exhibit, again, it's, it's well done. It too is a photo opportunity. Um, so Dancing with the Stars, you kind of stand in front of these different green screens with the Kardashians. But they also celebrate some of their newer films that are that are up and going, such as American Born uh, Chinese, um, which is a, a new sitcom that is out there. They um, and again, you see all these people lining up, largely do photos. A National Treasure is a film in in the in the making, and uh, so. That's acknowledged there too as part of the exhibit. Uh, Abbott Elementary um, is uh, stand in front of the school bus uh, for Abbott Elementary, and um, uh, I think the Kardashian line may have been the longest line of all of them. Cruel Summer was another um, um, another feature that they offered. At any rate, it um, a lot of folks came through. Only Murders in the Building was a part of it. Grey's Anatomy was part of it. They, they just kind of celebrated all the Good Morning America, all the film and television product that they have out there throughout Disney, which is, is quite expansive, really, when you, when you look at it. One of the best little presentations I saw was at the Disney Plus Innovation Lounge, which actually had a team of people who talked about ways in which Disney is exploring 
through its film and television properties, the use of the metaverse. And so they had a, a panel there talking about some things. Now they are separate from the metaverse group, which is out of Disney Imagineering. And I'm gonna come back to that in our next podcast because I think that's one of the things that's going to play in some things that were shared and discussed in the, um, in the uh, theme parks uh, presentation that Josh Amaro did. So make sure you are part of that and you have a chance to check that out. Uh, that will be our next podcast later this week. From there, we go across the way to the Lucasfilm presentation. Again, you find a lot of costumes on pre in presentation, but these costumes are pretty cool. And uh, they begin with Star Wars, but they include Willow and Indiana Jones. And uh, when it comes to the Star Wars universe, they've covered they've covered it all, starting with uh, Boba Fett and um, his outfit, and uh, as well as his sidekick. And then we see other Star Wars characters that have shown up recently on Disney Plus, uh, to include those who are part of the Mandalorian. All of their costumes are presented there. You even see Darth Vader, and um, he shows up in that presentation. And then you see some uh, costumes for the future Andor uh, presentation, including a crazy-looking robot that looks like it's out of the black hole. Yeah, kind of this leftover. Then they, sh uh, in another corner, they have costumes from Willow that uh, is being presented at Disney Plus, and then. Probably my favorite corner of the entire exhibit is uh, costumes from the new Indiana Jones films. By the way, these are put uh, very high on a pedestal, largely because they help you, um, they, it makes the character look taller than if it were down at your level, because you'd realize all these actors are usually much shorter than you think they are on screen. But, um, but at any rate, the villain, costume, the heroine's costume, Indiana Jones costume, some pictures, photos showing what uh, the exhibit is looking like. It's all there at the, the Lucasfilm exhibit and that's that looks like a lot of fun. Um, Harrison Ford made an appearance during their presentation. I understand it was a very emotional experience when he um, came out to the fans and seemed very excited about his upcoming film. Across the way, beyond that, is the Marvel Studios exhibit, which didn't really have a whole... What, what it ha actually happened is they had kind of a theater for hosting a lot of discussions and presentation by people, but they also had some giveaways also. Um, and they had some places where you could get some photos taken with your favorite Marvel characters, such as the Hulk. That was also available there. Walking further on down, we come to what's referred to Life at Disney, which is about being a cast member and what that experience is like uh, working for the Walt Disney Company in a variety of positions. And so they kind of overview that, give you a little name tag um, as you come in, a Disney cast member name tag that uh, they write your name down on. and they. And they showcase many of the different kinds of cast members and many different trades or jobs or roles in the organization, what that looks like. Um, they also talk about uh, 
Disney volunteers and what work they are doing. Um, they show different name tags over the years that uh, have been held by uh, cast members and different locations have different kinds of different name tags available to them. What I particularly liked about this presentation is they showed some of the different awards of recognition. Here you see, actually this is about Disney Salute, that, um, supporting veterans who work for Disney as well as the volunteers organization. But around the corner, um, you see um, a presentation in which you see recognition of, um, well, first of all, Disney Pride is recognized here in this corner, but then you see recognition of its cast members, and you see one of the original 10-year uh, anniversary recognition plaques to the first Disney cast members who worked at Disneyland, and I think that's really fascinating. And then they also show awards that are given to cast members, specialty awards, that are given to cast members who have worked with Lucasfilm. There's a little tiny um, R2-D2 and a kind of C-3PO Oscar-looking statue. Again, very, very cool stuff. I think one of the important things to see in this uh, visit to the show floor is just the expanse and breadth of the Disney organization. Here we're passing by ESPN+. Plus. They've got their own exhibit going. Meanwhile, across the way is Disney on Broadway, where everybody is taking a set of uh, head glasses and virtually watching a Broadway show unfold, whether it's Frozen or Aladdin. There's just so much to see on the show floor as we go through this entire experience. So many different facets of the organization to, to check out. Beyond Disney, uh, and beyond Coco, you see the photo exhibition there. Uh, beyond Disney are other Disney-like organizations. This is the Marceline Historical Foundation that is seeking to preserve Walt Disney's childhood legacy. In front of you is a park bench that's been turned over. Everybody's signing the park bench and putting their signature. I put mine on the back side of that one. And, uh, but there are books for sale and there's other kinds of merchandise that celebrate. And they have a little museum there in Marceline. Across the way is the Walt Disney Family Museum. They have a number of books on sale. They're right now showcasing the Jungle Book and the making of a masterpiece um, at their family museum. And they have an exhibit to kind of set up and showcase what that's all about. Meanwhile, Let's take a look at the villas of the Disneyland Hotel. I had the opportunity to see that building under construction when I was over at the Disneyland Hotel Resort the other day. Inside this little exhibit, they kind of showcase some of the, um, well, the fabric samples and, um, and rooms and the kind of look and feel that they're seeking for for this particular, uh, particular tower that uh, looks to open probably um, somewhere in 2024. Um, so their exhibit is located there. Across the way is the National Geographic exhibit. Or no, I'm sorry, I say National Geographic. Actually, it's this um, Adventures by Disney, which includes a National Geographic expedition. But they have all sorts of... Uh, well, I have to say, this particular one, even though they had cool pens, 
Um, this particular location exhibit looked like one that they probably take on on tour to uh, a number of travel type um, events and so forth uh, that are being held throughout the organization. You walk, you run into almost anyone. I ran into Kevin Feige at one point um, as I was walking through the exhibit hall. Um, you see others, I've seen others over the years. It's just kind of fun to see everybody uh, who is there. This is Story Living. This is the one where they are creating this residential development in Palm Springs. And they have an exhibit, kind of concept studio, show what the homes are going to look like. Now, if you go back a number of podcasts, I talked about this, and I talked about the fact that I thought it was kind of inappropriate to be putting a big, big crystal water lagoon in the middle of this this residential community when California and Arizona and other southwest states are undergoing major droughts. I, it was funny because what was positioned to me was, well, this is actually taking up less water than putting in a golf course, which is what you find in a lot of Palm Spring-style communities. And that may be the case, but I think both of them are pretty, pretty water-intense. Here's a simple one. The Tron vehicle is out there. It was sitting in Magic Kingdom at one point. And this Tron life cycle is out there, and you can test uh, it, it like and see what that looks like. It's kind of fun um, to go visit. You know, we visit um, the Disney Animation Studios, and each of them have got a little, this is what's going on right now, is a conversation about Frozen, and the animated films around Frozen, what that's like. But they also have exhibits that uh, showcase uh, Disney Animation as well. Here's what they're sharing. It was a lot of fun. And the fact that the audience, uh, they, they made it their own, right? So when they made their own videos, the songs, they put themselves into it. And I, and I think that's what made the movie so personal to everyone. I mean, there's another, I mean, the other things about it, I think the characters, you know, we tried to make the characters be believable, even though it's a magical world and we have a magical ice queen, snow queen, I'm sorry. And then, um, yet, yet they had flaws, right, that, that we all do. They all, so we try to make them very relatable in that. I mean, people saw themselves in the characters and the journeys that, that they all had. So I think that was... Next door to the space where the panel is speaking, you have a lot of uh, places to take photos with Mirabelle from Encanto. Also, big scenes, uh, scenes from different animated films over the years that have come out of Walt Disney Animation uh, Studios, some maquettes, uh, other uh, cells and drawings and imagery from the um, from over the years with Disney Animation. They're particularly um, highlighting some of the new films. Iwaju, I think, is the appropriate name for for one of those films uh, that is coming out. Um, and um, yeah, they've got, and they've got a timeline. They've got a, uh, a couple of timelines that shows all of the animated films and when they've come out over the years. A little exhibit again with Jungle Book going on, the music of Disney, and that role that it's played with the organization over the years. It, uh, it's, there's a lot to see here as you go through this exhibit. They, um, uh, they also featured um, 
Strange World, which is a new animated film that is coming out very shortly. And, uh, and then they had an animator's desk uh, nearby where you could, uh, I thought it was well presented. It showed pencil art um, being created and, um, and how that came, how that takes shape as somebody is trying to create those sketches. Really a very cool exhibit. And, um, and a lot of fun to see. Now here is a place I could get lost in for hours. Because this is where all of your favorite merchandise, well not merchandise so much, but Disney Anna type uh, eBay kind of merchandise can be purchased. Old cells from Disney animated films. Pops that can be found in the theme parks. Uh, pins going way, way back, uh, brochures and books and toys, lots of toys. If you have a favorite toy going back 40 years ago, you can find it here. There is just so many uh, crazy, crazy fun things. You could spend, you could spend thousands of dollars finding your favorite merchandise here. Here's my favorite exhibit um, and it features, look at this, a sign from Welcome aboard Captain Hook's Galley. This is from the Tuna Boat, the pirate ship restaurant that used to be in Fantasyland. Next to it are three former hitchhiking ghosts. A lot of former Disney, um, uh, Disney props, um, or in this case animatronics have been sold. And you can see the hitchhiking ghosts kind of moving about there and they've got a special exhibit. There is a former Snow White adventure vehicle that's in play right there. And then right at the very end, you see a little automobile from the Adventure Through Inner Space. So again, so many different fun things to see. By the way, we've just been on the show floor. There have been some wonderful presentations as well made throughout. I'm gonna end with this one, which is the Mickey Mouse Club gang at the end of um, their presentation, there were eight of them from the 80s, 90s, and they get together. They got together to kind of sing, and we'll end on on a note from them. See you real soon. That does it. Thanks for joining us here on the D23 Expo floor to kind of check out everything that happened this year. But make sure you also check out our next podcast because we are going to talk about all of the new Disney Park announcements. So much to share with you. And in the meantime, please check out DisneyAplay.com where you'll see a video of this podcast as well as uh, information about our own Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society. It's a way for you to help support us. any rate, thanks for joining us. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>